Welcome to Anomaly Presents, the podcast about genre movies, the genre movies that inspired the Anomaly Film Festival, the Rochester Genre Film Festival. My name is Matt Knotts, and tonight we've got a fun one for you. Uh, it is the most people we've had on a show, I think, at least in the uh, the new world where we're doing this all remotely. Um, and there's only one thing that could have brought us together for that. Um Sing along if you know it. Spell it out if you know it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's 1990s Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The collaboration between Jim Henson, Golden Harvest, New Line Cinemas, uh, who knows, your dad, my dad, everybody. <laughs> He never told me. How dare he? No idea he was involved. Came together to bring us the live action Ninja Turtles movie, the very first one of its kind. Yes. And joining us tonight, it's our podcast Foot Clan. (laughs) We'll we'll go around and introduce them. We'll we'll start with KP. Yo, Chris and Pelk Pacheco here, ready, uh, you know, talk about turtle power. Take it away, somebody else. Our our Bebop and Megan Murphy? You know, oddly enough, I was just about to say I will take nothing less than Bebop or Rocksteady. No Foot Clan here. Thank you very much. Well, if you're Bebop, then Rocksteady's got to be Aaron Murphy. (gasps) Rocksteady. Yo, Aaron Murphy, how you doing? And then, oh gosh, who wants to jump in with their own Ninja Turtle villain? I, I don't want to throw out, the only one I can think of right now is Baxter Stockman. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Then it's Adam. It has to be Adam. Our, our Baxter Stockman, Adam Luberto. I don't know if I should take that as a compliment, but I'm gonna. I'm running with it. Do it. <laughs> It's, All right. it's either that or, or Matt and Adam are Krang, and that's was rude. Krang is who I was thinking of. I was like, absolutely, 100%. Yes. We know each other so well. It is an honor here, sir. We we Eric, I feel like you're getting the fuzzy end of the lollipop here. <laughs> oh, did you say Aaron or Eric? Oh, my God. Eric. Goodness. Okay, so guess what? I am Sam Rockwell with all the cigarettes. Menthol, who wants to go over to his arcade machine? Let's play some video games. Um, well, played. Perfect. Well, well played, played, Eric. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, we're here to talk about the very first live action Ninja Turtles movie. Um, a movie that when we started talking about doing it, I, I think it's the most passionate I've heard everybody since the start of the podcast. So, who wants to jump in and talk about why they are so passionate about? the original live-action Ninja Turtle movie. Can, can I call on Anna McCabe to talk about it? <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> uh, I apparently don't exist in this podcast. Uh, so oh, yeah, I'm I sorry. So I just be the rat that April saw in the parking lot. I that <laughs> 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 
that you were so up, quiet. I show up and I leave again. No one cares. I don't. I don't, hey. I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Not even four minutes in. Oh no. Let, let me get another take on that. <laughs> I, I, our Venus de Milo. Oh, oh fuck oh, you! Can I say that? Oh. <laughs> Our April if O'Neil. I could digitally slam a door on a podcast. <laughs> I'd be doing that right now, sir. Our Irma. Can I still miss you, rat from the parking lot? <laughs> Our mutant trash panda. Okay, God, I feel terrible. Anyway, <laughs> we're keeping all this in. So welcoming. So welcoming. Every minute of it. <laughs> Anna knows I forget I forget yeah. her out of love. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. We're off to an, a momentous start. Just <laughs> to say, Matt, if you would like, we can certainly go back and we can just literally say, and you can start with Anna. Rat in the parking lot. It's too late. It's too late. No, no, I'll find something to do with that one. Yes, um, yes, mistakes, and the entire internet has to know it. Yep. Well, I still have I'm going to call you. Okay, so thank you. How, how's this? And our guest for the night, I won't presume to to guess a, a, a villain or, or a character she wants to be. I'll, I'll leave it up to her. It's Anna McCabe. I still I still call dibs on the rat from the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. Fast. Yeah. It, in the entire canon of the Ninja Turtles, there's not a meat and raccoon. I don't, not to my knowledge. Man, that's weird. That's that a missed weird. opportunity. Right? Yeah. I feel offended now, actually. I should run with a raccoon tattoo. I'm pissed. I'm looking up right now. There's absolutely like a raccoon somewhere in those comics. Tanuki? Oh my God. That's That's racist. That's not a raccoon. Technically, that is a raccoon dog. Yeah, that doesn't count. Let's try Animal Crossing. You can't fool me. What was the original question? <laughs> why what are we talking about? Why are we passionate are we about this? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And we are supposed to start with our Thank wonderful guest. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll start with Anna. Anna, why do you love the live-action 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Well, I love the cartoon as a kid. And there's probably some fondness because it's one of the first movies I remember watching that was my parents thought was meant for children, but also had squares in it. So it felt very scandalous to my brother and I. Stunning. Raphael just kept shouting damn whenever he could. Pre-credits. Pre-credits yeah. swears. Yeah. Matt was scandalized. I, I said the same thing, Anna. I was like, I remember distinctly being like, oh, he swore. And my parents yep. were like, uh-oh, uh-oh, what did we do? <laughs> so, yeah, and that's I, probably at the top of my movie list as far as number of times of having seen a movie. Hell yes. Matt said that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Anna. Just continue. Now, so, I've got a dinosaur tattoo, but it still beats out my number of watches of Jurassic Park. I am amazed you don't have a Ninja Turtle tattoo by now. I really should, since I invited the entire cast and Kevin Eastman to my 30th birthday party that was Ninja <gasps> Turtles themed. 
What? That's stunning. It That's was, amazing. It wasn't the cast of the movie. It was the cast of like the new Nickelodeon show. Like, mm. was it 2013 one or whatever? Like the CG one? Yeah, yeah. Still counts. Rob Paulson's so, in it, so that counts. Yeah, Rob Paulson's in it, so it counts. And the original cast showed up in an episode or two. Um, so yeah, so they were all there. And so I brought... I bought like crappy little Ninja Turtle birthday party invites from Toys R Us, R.I.P., and filled them all out ahead of time for all the cast and people. And then when I, when the panel ended, I snuck up and ha- gave it to like the moderator and was like, "Please hand these out." And he handed them out to as I, I watched them walk off stage and get their envelopes. So I know they got them. Nobody tweeted at me, but I know all the celebrities got my birthday party invitation. I like, "Why is this thirty-year-old woman inviting us to her birthday party using Ninja Turtle invitations?" So here's the good news, Anna. You didn't get tweeted at, but you also didn't actually hear from anybody giving you a restraining order for Monroe County. So win-win. That is true. You you can still be within 500 feet of uh, Rob Paulson. So, yeah, it's probably good. Count your blessings. Yep. yep. Count them. Yeah, and Kevin Eastman was there because it was like the – some one of the anniversaries – I've been to so many Comic Cons. <laughs> it was one of the turtle anniversaries. <laughs> he was there doing signings, and so I was like, "Will you sign this for me?" And then I gave him a birthday card, and then I ran. Classic <laughs> move. Classic. You know, that is such a mood. I do the same <laughs> stuff when I go to comic conventions and meet like people I enjoy. <laughs> I literally have to tell my friend, "You have to make me go talk to this person. I came here. They're here. Drag me over to say hello to this writer I like." So I feel that. Yeah, and then save you from the awkwardness, so you don't just like scream something absurd and then run. Just totally bomb. We'll take me places, guys. That's like my job. I can do <laughs> like theoretically, when you're 30 years old and you, you start mooning over Colin Baker and you tell him you're my doctor, like that's a thing that you don't yeah, really want to do at a, a comic book convention because that's weird to tell a, a man in his late 60s wearing Crocs how much that you mean to him. Uh, uh, yeah. When you wander up to your friend and like, hey, that old guy you like is over at that booth. <laughs> your friend loses his goddamn mind. <laughs> there was a convention I was at where Eliza Dushku was there and I was explaining to uh, my friend that I was with. I was like, oh yeah, she's been like a, a crush of mine since I was a kid. And she's like, I'm sure she would appreciate that. Why don't you go get an off- autograph? I'm like, no. Why? No. She doesn't need to know that. She doesn't need to be worried about that. Never. <laughs> no. I, that will remain to, to the grave. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> grave. Unless she stumbles upon this. <laughs> At Elijah Dushku. <laughs> Check out this podcast. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a redemption arc there because I met Roddy Piper years later and I, I wasn't quite as, um, I don't know. Starstruck? Weird fanboy. Yeah. Yeah. And he said the greatest thing of all time, which is, hey, Hot Red, how you doing? I'm just a big pile of fluffy baby ducks, <laughs> which is my favorite thing I've ever he- heard a human being say. Oh my God, I'm using that. <laughs> just a great big pile of fluffy baby ducks. Walking by on his way out for a cigarette, he's got the, the the Roddy Piper leather jacket on. I was like, man, that's the best thing I've ever seen. My life is amazing right now. Speaking of cigarettes, has anyone seen <laughs> TNT 1990? <laughs> 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 I was, I was smoothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
quickly we got derailed. <laughs> you, you, have, you also have to clarify because TMNT is its own movie and it was not great. Teenage Mutant That's... Ninja Turtles is a great movie. If I recall, TMNT is the CGI movie that features Chris Evans as Casey Jones. I don't remember that. I don't remember much about hot. that movie except that it had well, Black Betty in the soundtrack. And maybe Patrick Stewart in it, possibly? He was so, like the bad guy, maybe? If you're talking about... Wait, there are also two different TMNTs. <laughs> yeah, if you're talking about like the Michael Bay one, it yeah, was those even don't a mess. I know. I know. I know they don't. <laughs> I'm talking about the world. animated one that was like a follow-up to like the animated series at whatever time period that so, was running, like in the early 2000s. With that, Anna, so... Adam and I actually were surprised to realize that neither of us have seen TMNT, the whatever, like 2007 animated film. But we, we haven't seen any of the movies post, what is it, the third one, Turtles in Time or whatever it is. We haven't seen any, We gave up the Turtles movies after that. But we also apparently, like in reading like, you know, Wikipedia stuff about this one, that animated one is a continuation of this movie trilogy, which I had no idea. Like it's supposed to be in the same canon. Yeah, I thought it was it. following up to the animated series that was running at that time. Oh, I haven't seen yeah, the series sure, either. So yeah, we're according to sure. Wikipedia, it was grouped in with these these movies. I don't know. I, I feel like I saw that one with you, Anna, didn't I? Yeah, we, we definitely, I think all of us who are living, like you and... Because I was like, oh, why wouldn't I have gone with the boys? But I was like, oh, wait, I lived I lived with other people before the boys. <laughs> that was just the most traumatic and sticking one, I guess. <laughs> and now I'm kind of afraid to admit this, but I kind of like the TMNT from whatever was 2006 2007 now i think it's a good way to compare it to this one when we talk about the 1990 version because (laughs) the 1990 version actually does a lot of things right that later versions would never even get close to um i think structurally structurally what this was doing eric i've got some bad news for you we're never talking about that movie tonight oh man You know how like the internet fanboys immediately boycotted the new Ghostbusters because it was women and they got all butthurt. It was ruining their childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that internet boy when that trailer for that version of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out. I was like, absolutely not. This is a travesty. Whoever was involved in this, I wish that I had the ability to blow up minds with my head. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow! And then two months That's later, when it came out in the theater, I don't theater. know how bad it is or good it is, but just from the trailers and the weird ass CGI, I was livid. Yeah, it didn't stop us from being front row center the first weekend it was out, though. <laughs> not me. Yeah, you were there. I, I went was to not. see it with you. No, you did not. Oh, the the Michael Bay one? No, we didn't yes, see that. The one. Michael Bay one oh, is what I'm talking oh, about. There, not yeah. the animated oh, one. Oh, oh I, okay. <laughs> Wow, yeah, I got the... crossed there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the animated you know, one was okay. I had no feelings towards or against it before seeing yeah. it. There, there are a lot of turtle content out there, ain't there? There is. So much turtle. I say, did I but, see that the, the 87 animated series is 10 seasons? I mean, like, I knew I saw a lot of it, but I don't think I remembered that much of it. I mean, Those I don't 10 know if seasons I ran from 87 line. to 92, though. That, like... Oh. <laughs> Ah, that that would do it. 
See, this is what's interesting, too, because I know a lot of people, whether you started with the comics or the toys or the cartoon in my household, it was actually the movies existed first. And then it was like the toys. And then maybe we'd watch the cartoon here and there. But it was truly like the movies were canon priority in terms of like, yeah, this is what Turtles is. Everything else is um, added on to it. It's like fluff to the movies, even though the movies were, I'm, assu- I'm assuming, the last thing to actually come in. Um after the comics, after the toys, and after the cartoon. So let me ask this question. How many of us saw this in the theater? <laughs> I, 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 I must have. There's no way I didn't. Not my age, my generation. There's no way I wasn't in the theater for this. Yeah. Unless uh, I was right? I a was dying a baby. Kid. It was wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, listen, I was not so allowed old, to see this in theaters. It. <laughs> we were not but, going to the theater household. We were a wait till it comes out on video and go down to the video loft and rent it. Ah, uh, the video loft. <laughs> I did not see this in theaters, but I did own the VHS with the green sticker on it and the Pizza Hut commercial in the beginning. <laughs> oh, with yeah. the kids yeah. out in the yeah. outfield, you know, and the whole song. We know how to sing it. So, yeah, my, uh, my parents okay. got into the hole and parents were all upset about the violence and they were like, you can't see that. You know, I was a Ninja Turtles super fan. I had to wait. And oh, my family Adam. for some yeah, <laughs> I know. That is my tragic backstory. Oh no, oh, you are that a villain. Is a villain. I <gasps> the way I did. <laughs> Wait, Adam, you're a villain? <laughs> okay, I, I know it's my heel turn. Is it shocking? Oh, but you know. Oh, no, he was the best of us. Oh no. Oh, oh. He put his people under the bus. The influence has finally seeped over. Yeah, I'm like, then who is it? Is it me and Matt Austin? That's it? And no. I mean, it is me. I appreciate you that you that keep coming back to like this unwinnable strategy of proclaiming yourself not the villain embrace it embrace i've embraced it i am not of the foot clan okay i'm not the villain someday we really have to plot ourselves on a a D and d alignment chart to figure out where we all are you think of anything but chaotic yeah. oh no for sure on a best day neutral <laughs> I was gonna say, there's ten, ten people all chaotic neutral, and then we wonder how we get anything done. Why does this party always fail? <laughs> evil lying about being chaotic neutral. It's, it's fucking lying. It's, it's fucking hurting cats always. <laughs> so, wait, I, Eric, I just wanted to, to toss in there. So, I this was the only movie poster I actually had hanging up in my bedroom. Uh, during my childhood was this film's poster so good so um which yeah which as i say i feel like is now an example of why i can't this is one of the very few movies i feel like i cannot separate like objective criticism from my actual nostalgia for it because this was like you said this was such a deep part of my childhood even though the cartoons came first and then this for me but yeah so well, yeah. I'm going to be here to objectively say it does hold, and it's not just <laughs> of guys, and it's a masterpiece of the highest form, uh, and it's art, and I believe, I truly believe that. So I, just I, I, I agree, but you know, like, I, I'm glad you can. Which one are you talking about? Be specific. 
the the latest one what was it called? you know the one that came out in 2018 or something so eric is this yeah. above or below hook so this is weird because i saw this movie definitely before hook right um i think hook still means more to me now where this this still means a lot to me in terms of like fun. I've probably seen this movie. Oh God. So many times. I mean, probably like a lot of people here, it's the movie you just pop on like every day to just be like, all right, gotta get through, gotta get through my morning. Put on turtles. All right. What are we doing later today? Let's put on turtles. I think Honey, the turtles have a little I feel do the turtles have a little less like thematic resonance than Hook? True. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Punches. The loss of childhood or pizza and rats <laughs> <laughs> i mean this has some really complex father-son themes going on through this whole fucker so i mean huh? there i guess there is some thematic resonance still but oh, uh, let's dig in deep let's dig yeah. in deep oh, no. this whole, on, this whole thing is... <laughs> no 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 but seriously charles with danny like he has this whole complex relationship with his son who's joining the fucking fuck clan like that's Who's insane the fucking worse to watch it was <laughs> danny is just Garbage. Garbage boy. Come around. Like, what's the timeline of this movie? He goes from a shithead to like, I love your dad in like what, like two weeks? I'm assuming <laughs> most of the Foot Clan are shitheads. It's but, just yeah. puberty, just the beginning of this movie. You can't hold it against yeah. them. It's he all did, He just, he just needed to talk to a giant rat. Be like, oh wow, puberty's way harder for other people than it is for me. Maybe I should man up a little bit. <laughs> it's, it's the importance of therapy, is what the thesis of this is. But also with that, I have to say it's fun watching this with Adam because every time Danny's face shows up on screen, Adam goes, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and it says like stupid and is pissy and then says something else stupid. And I'm just gonna say it. You should have been tossing that garbage truck at the end of this movie. Wow. <laughs> that was so violent. I forgot about that. Adam is a villain. Wow. <laughs> only I towards children. <laughs> Danny brings it out of me. I don't know what it is. Just kind of punch no, his face. Adam, Embrace it. Embrace Adam, it. Do you just hate gingers? Is that what this is? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Listen, we know that's not true. We have enough gingers in our lives that I love dearly. So or, or as Adam calls them, targets. <laughs> I have all the dumpster fighters in my life. They're great people. They've just reached a quota, and Danny doesn't make the cut. <laughs> Thus, he's a garbage boy into the garbage trucks. <laughs> See, Aaron's with me. The one of oh, 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 himself. I didn't put him there. In that case, Adam, I, I can understand the, the resentment to say Danny and how you want to punch him in the face when he shows up on screen. But can you agree of the uh, the interesting screenplay integrity of being like, hey, listen, we're going to explore the fucking Foot Clan top to bottom. Like, we're going to go to every nuance to show how someone gets involved into something like this and becomes manipulated like someone like, like Shredder. Like, like if an O'Neill investigative expose. It's just, yeah. 
It's insane. How do you get into this? Because I feel like in a lot of movies where there's villains who have henchmen, that is something that the audience has like an understanding that we don't have to get into. It's like, okay, here's the bad guy. Here's the people who fight for the bad guy. We don't have to get into that. And this movie's like, no, we're going to show you so much about that. It's like most of the spine of this movie is how you join the Foot Clan, how you become one of their members, how Shredder manipulates you, and how that's going to like take over the city. Eric, would yeah. you call the Foot Clan Lost Boys? Kind of, right? It's <laughs> kind of like an inverted It's a, it's a cult. Shredder's a cult leader. He's taking yeah, vulnerable, oh, yeah. misunderstood yeah. children into his, like, giving them what they want. And them. then using them to do his bidding. It's a cult leader. Hey, hey, you just hit the nail on the head because that idea of like, hey, show up. You can skateboard. You can smoke cigarettes. You can play video games. Oh, by the way, over here, we're doing some martial arts if you want to, like. Come hang out in this corner. Oh, cool. Oh, who's this guy? Shredder. He wants me to go beat up people. Okay, cool. I'll go do that too. Like, my home life sucks. This is fucking rad. I'm going to stick around here. Yeah. As long as no no one knows he got beat up by a rat. Let's revisit that for a second, because I I don't know if we really want to drill too deep into it. But yeah, Eric, I feel like the Foot Clan and the Lost Boys are like two sides of the same coin. Yes. For sure, for sure. And I would even say the Turtles and the Foot Clan have a lot in common. Oh. So, Dang it. Yes, we're going to see that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie is kind of bringing up the argument where it's like, hey, this is what happens when you have like a good mentor and leader who's like, you shouldn't be hurting people and you should be protecting people. And then here's another guy who's like, I'm going to manipulate you to get what I want out of life. And the whole movie is kind of thematically showing that. Sorry, we're going to get fucking deep on this, people. I love <laughs> oh, it. yeah, let's do it. Like, like, here for it. I like with the turtles, though. Like, so it's not like, but they're super regimented and with a lot of willpower. No, it's like, now they basically hang out and they also skateboard and they and they also just like eat pizza and stuff, but they're still like the good guys. Like, it's not even like you have to be that different. <laughs> right, right. It's Don't not the military. Re- they're still kind of slackers, but like slightly better slackers than the Foot Clan. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So, Meg, do you think it comes down to in that case? Is it intent? Is it the fact that you shouldn't wear spikes on you? Like, what? Where? Where is the? Where is the Here's difference? the thing. I think it's upbringing. Um, when you are lovingly raised by a rat who saved you from some sort of green mutagen that also affected him, and yet he didn't reject you. He still like decided we'll all be mutants together, and was like, a, like a firm but gentle hand. Like he lets them, you know, play around, but also he like. Uses disappointment, not anger. He did throw a, a phone book at Michelangelo's head, though. <laughs> he deserved it. He's Don't, yeah. so Don't step the splinter. <laughs> he can yeah, use also, words like a grown-up. He's a turtle. He's got a shell. Come on now. <laughs> Wait, but not on his head. I think, <laughs> that's his fault. And I think it's like all the turtles. <laughs> and he was being the responsible one in ordering their dinner, and Shredder or Shredder threw a book at his head and was like, knock it off. They would have starved. Listen, sometimes a book has to be thrown, and if a head is in the way, the head is in the way. And you're not a villain. I don't understand. <laughs> I am not. You know why I'm not a villain? Because this support. Okay, listen, this is why. <laughs> The turtles prove my foundational belief that um, if you can be yourself within a relationship with many people or one person and it allows you to, to, to love and grow, you can have a greater impact on the world. So what the turtles prove that the Foot Clan is not is the fact that because 
they were raised in love and support and let them be themselves, but also like get training and discipline on how to like channel all that energy for good, they can do good for the world. Boom, I'm not a villain. <laughs> nice. That's great. I do kind of love with that though. What I think is interesting is since we're going since we're going deep on this, is yeah. when it it references the concept of family several times. And mm-hmm. I think at the towards the end when baby Sam Rockwell is is defending that they're a family, and Casey Jones is saying you call this, 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 and this a family, I feel like on the surface it can be like looking at it as like, oh yeah, because there's no reason they should be a family, but also again. I, I feel like you shouldn't read it as like, because they're not, you know, they're not blood or whatever. Like, I feel like in that case, because splinter and the turtles also, you know, not blood relatives, <laughs> mutagen relatives, what? but they're, but also yeah, they're not. I mean, like, listen, I don't know what's going on there, but like, as far as I understand science, they're not. So. so if I'm following the, like the metaphor and stuff, then like Casey Jones is like their weird uncle. Yeah. I, like, I he so, doesn't yeah. Pin shit together either, but like he's trying for the kids. <laughs> yeah like, <laughs> and i feel like in that case i just i feel like as like i don't know as a kid i read that more as like because they're hanging out and being bad they're not a family but i feel like the actual movie message overall is that it just comes down to you know meg as you're talking about like you just need a good rat leader is really quick yeah, <laughs> i would follow that rat everywhere <laughs> Even when he was tiny and he was doing like the little moves in the cage. Oh, it's amazing. Oh God, I no. love him so much. Was adorable. He's so yeah. tiny. I will <laughs> tiny this. They still killed Sh- uh, Shredder in the end in the goddamn garbage truck, which I had completely forgotten. Like, Casey still squishes the person in the truck, which I think is totally weird. No, that's, that's, a, that's a big uncle move. Like, you guys don't have to make yeah. that decision. I'll do it. My, my yeah. life's a mess anyway. And I definitely didn't see it. They have plausible deniability. Wait. So, Wait. I mean, Casey Jones is the one who wants, who was willing to get his hands dirty to accomplish the mission. There you go. A lot of, like, hero squads need. He's not <laughs> Batman. He's not going to let the villain run off and, like, kill again because he can't dirty his hands. He's like, yo, this guy's in the dumpster. Go fucking squish him. Wait, so Aaron, I have a question. Is this a case of did Shredder just happen to find himself into a dump oh truck? And did Casey just happen to pull a lever? You know, they weren't actually related. He wasn't. I mean, oh, he they says, make it very he says, clear he knows. Listen, clearly, that is an accident. He's the one who cut the he cut the nunchuck. He cut it. So he found himself in the garbage truck. <laughs> Okay, like, but what I'm saying is like he couldn't also pull that lever. <laughs> pull the lever. Like I mean, Casey Jones might not even realize that it was, was in there. Shredder in there. <laughs> All he knows is that Splinter dropped something off that roof that looked like trash and it landed in the dumpster <laughs> and, and like then he turned the dumpster on. We're not in court. This is fine. We don't get plausible deniability. He said, oh, let me help these good garbage men and women of New York City do their job. It's very late at night. Why is this truck here? It's not even where it's supposed to be at the municipal garage. They're obviously pulling eight nights. But something fell into it. Let me close it up and then tell them, hey, good job. Here's a tip. Go home. Put it where it's supposed to I'm be. I'm still stuck on big uncle energy. Wow. I think, I think didn't the foot, didn't the foot, Thank you. Didn't the foot steal that truck? I feel like it was like kids from the Foot Clan who hopped out of it when it, it first probably, appeared. It was probably Danny's fault. 
Yeah, Adam, you tell him. <laughs> I, I, I love Danny hating Adam. <laughs> it's a fun side. Listen, I don't understand how you can not hate that kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. In Adam's defense, Danny oh, did fold up that beautiful artwork that April made. He folded it into a square and stuffed it in his pocket. That is that is no a monster. <laughs> no, I guess just for that he would have deserved to be put in that garbage truck. No stiff envelope, no poster tube. What the yeah, fuck? no like backboard or like plastic cover or anything. You need a mylar bag and yeah. a stiff back, okay? At minimum. Danny wow. doesn't understand anything about art. <laughs> Screw this kid. It's because he dropped out of school. Maybe he would have learned about art appreciation if he like lasted one more week. Speaking of art, uh, what do you guys, what do you guys, uh, what do you guys feel about the opening of this film? Because I do think it's a really artfully done opening, and I kind of want to get everyone's thoughts and feelings. Taking it from news or uh, April O'Neil's like news report into the first sighting of the turtles, and kind of how this movie starts on such a awesome note. To um, how about you, KP? How do you feel about it? <laughs> Oh, he's calling people out now. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I was like, oh, no. My notes aren't ready. Oh, dear God. No. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. <laughs> no, Nobody's looking at their monitors. I should have looking at my keyboard. <laughs> I think uh, this movie's just fun from start to finish, honestly. And I don't know. It just gets you right at the beginning. You're just invested. Hell Yeah. Um, well, what I was going to say, and maybe everyone can jump in and give their thoughts, but the opening, what's so rad about it is like they set up the stakes immediately and going back to the the Foot Clan being the spine of this movie, it's like, we're going to show you how a wallet gets to like the Foot Clan <laughs> headquarters and we're going to do these cool tracking shots where it goes from one hand to another to another hand and how it gets to um, support their criminal endeavor. And so you're getting this idea where you're like, fuck, man, the stakes are kind of high. The city's overrun by some shadowy secret organization. We don't really know who they are. And April O'Neil, who's the newscaster, is like giving her report on it. And then ironically, she finds herself in a situation where she's being mocked and needs um, assistance from the turtles. But what the movie does in a really, really neat way is it doesn't show the turtles showing up, which I think would kind of ruin that moment. It doesn't Mm -hmm. show them beating up these guys and then saving April. They purposely like destroy the lights in this alleyway and you just hear them um, apprehend the criminals. And what's so cool about that is that now you're just sitting there and being like, oh man, I know it's the turtles, but when are we going to see them? And they're denying you in kind of the Jaws way. I know that becomes a cliche, but not seeing them builds up the suspense to see them. And it, I heard it was budgetary reasons why they made that choice, but I think it will, it's the more effective choice than if they showed a full-fledged fight scene. Yeah, Eric, I I agree that I, I legitimately love the opening of this film because I feel like, not to single out the, you know, Saturday morning cartoon as the opposite version, but like that one starts so big and brassy and loud and it's, you know, literally like they're skateboarding and they're eating pizza and everything and it's like, well, look, it's fun and crazy. And this one literally starts with tense music and mm-hmm. like shots of like New York. And it immediately puts you like on a sense of unease about what's going on. Like with, yeah, Adam within like within the Ninja Turtles, like, <laughs> but like with that, like 
I also love that it, it, yeah, it doesn't start with like, here's a big fanfare or something like the crime motif, like the like is like 35 seconds in like establishes itself and then keeps coming back. I don't know. I, yeah, I just, I think the entire opening of this is, I mean, as much as I love other parts about it and other quotes or anything, I think the opening is legitimately fantastic. I also feel like it's, one of the most iconic film openings I can remember because I can't like there are other movies I've seen as many times as I've seen this one, but I can't think of another one where I can like vividly remember beat for beat, like the first several scenes leading up to their, the first appearance of the turtles. Like I remembered like almost every shot yeah, and I yeah. just, I don't know. I just, the way it's put together just works. I have two comments. One, Ocean's Eleven opening scene. Two. Um, there, it is, there it is, everybody. Uh, 36 minutes in. <laughs> My one feedback about the opening scene, and this is just purely, purely ne- bullshit, but I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> That TV is heavier than when they grabbed it. Those boxes <laughs> have any weight in it. I don't buy that any shits in those boxes. And that, like, when he snatched that TV from that lady, it looked <laughs> completely light, like bullshit. Put, like, act like there's shit in those boxes. That's all I have to say. back <laughs> then. <laughs> we weren't weighed down by all this like misery of 2020. TVs were like light oh, and fluffy. Oh, oh, and- wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Stop. A Fatback TV is life. (laughs) Have you been near a Fatback TV in the past, I don't know, five years? There was nothing wrong with the world in the 90s. They are like if they're cake. I will tell you this right now. I I have a giant tube TV in my basement that has not moved for the better part of 10 years because that motherfucker is immovable. It weighs... This Maybe is my you point. Just don't have what it takes it to be took. part of the foot. <laughs> I will. <laughs> if you watch that TV all day, all day, every day. I will also say this: future guest of our our, our podcast, uh, Laura Keeney, has a console TV, tube TV, eighty style, big motherfucker. It took three people to move that into her house earlier this week. That thing is huge. Yeah, but this is the tiny one we're talking about. Yeah, they're no. so heavy. They're so oh, heavy. It looked like they were going to. They flung. They grabbed that so fast. It looked like I'm gonna slip out of their hands because of how light was it was. Amazing. Ninja. Yeah, they're ninjas, yeah. and it, it sets up the stakes. Where we're like, holy smokes, they can grab a TV can with one hand. One of their test things to get their headband is how quickly can you steal this tube TV? And if, they fail, <laughs> and if you fail, Shredder kicks you out, and you have a hernia. We didn't see it in the hideout. Oh no, yeah. we didn't see it in the hideout. Hideout, but they probably you know have a maze with like a time stop to see how quickly these kids can steal stuff. Wait, no, it's. It's um, it's a uh, hidden yes. temple. Legends of the Hidden Temple style. <laughs> and like, jump out at them. Buddy <laughs> thingies. I don't remember. Just be like, no, don't go in that room. It'll get you. You don't have enough fucking coins. Anyways, that's what they have. I love that Legends of the Hidden Temple is now the Foot Clan origin story. <laughs> I mean, I kind of now want this new Netflix series. Like, I want Legends of the Hidden Temple. Foot Clan. I mean, reality they show. did floors yeah, lava, so show. anything is possible. I know, right? Yeah, this is what we need. They're bringing back supermarket sweep. It's only a matter of time. I'm sorry. They're bringing back supermarket sweep. Where do I sign up? No. I'm going to win. I thought they just put the old episodes back onto like well, modern. With that news, platforms. let's put a stop to this and just say hello and welcome. My name is Matt Knotts, and welcome to our supermarket sweep podcast. <laughs>
<laughs> Dude, we, we're just gonna call it. We call it. We call it it's... ham and diapers because that's what you get. Ham and diapers. Items. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you I'm going to tell everyone this secret? Why are you telling everyone the secret? Are you, are you putting marshmallows in there? You <laughs> dumb fuck. What's with you? Those are eighty-nine cents. <laughs> you don't fake assholes. Have you ever been in a supermarket? Supermarket, you prick. Go for the steaks and the hams. <laughs> <laughs> don't go for the big ticket. I, don't go for those big fluffy ones. It's just gonna distract you. Hams, go for the good turkeys, shit. Big meats. God damn it. <laughs> We're never gonna survive as a species. <laughs> Speaking of putting as much into your cart as you can of the like weirdest stuff you can find on the walls. Where's this going? Eric, how about that antique store? <laughs> love the antique store so good and and this kind of brings me to a point that maybe brings us a little bit back to the start of the movie i know this movie had a lot of influence from the comics so i'm not denying uh that they took a lot of the grittiness or the realism from the comic but if you're coming off of just being a kid who watched, say, the cartoon and what we're inundated with this idea that it's like, oh, the turtle's van can like fly and has rocket launchers and the sewer like hangout has couches and cool plaster on the walls. But then when you see this movie, they're like, oh, yeah, the van, it's like a fucking beater, like beat up van. Oh, the sewer, it's a, a real sewer. Like this place sucks. And the antique store. Yeah. Like everything is just so gritty and real. And he almost does the Batman begins thing before Batman begins got around to um, modernizing, say more uh, outlandish things or more. Uh, I, I don't well, know. Well, well, I think there was a reboot before there were gritty reboots. Well, here's the thing. The exactly. original comic right. is dark and serious. Yeah. Like it was like, like the original, original so, one. Yep. So I think I wonder if that was partly trying to like, how about we do like a cartoon for kids, but also they swear so, a lot and there's death. Let me ask this question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, in the cartoon, like the foot was robots, so there was absolutely no stakes. Like they could just kill foot all day long, and they were just chopping right. heads off robots. Again, going back the, to this movie, the, yeah. In the in April's house in the pawn shop, like that one foot guy hits the breaker box and he dies. Like he gets electrocuted and he watched a human being teenager die in her house. And then his corpse is probably left behind to burn to death. Like, Oh, I'm pretty sure Tatsu kills that one dude in the locker room and they ad- like ad lib something like, Oh, he's all right. But when Tatsu gets pissed <laughs> off and like punches yeah. that dude and he just falls and the guy's like checking his pulse. It's like, Oh yeah, that teenager's dead because I, Tatsu. I actually remember raging. that. Like I had the novelization of the movie and I'm pretty sure the, <laughs> that specifies that they, that guy died. Like it, <laughs> oh, it was a lifeless body. The novel. <laughs> oh yeah. I was a big reader. Oh, Hey, do you know the, uh, Turtle Daredevil yeah. connection? I, I, yes. No, yeah. Megan. Megan. No, 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 I don't do know the, the Daredevil Turtle <laughs> connection. Can you tell us about it? I substantially Th- you know. What? Thank you, professional setup person. I truly appreciate this. <laughs> no, no. So, like in the original co- comics, um, the same like radioactive isotope that goes into the sewer and makes the t- turtles into t- turtles above ground. That was when Matt Murdock saved a guy from the truck and instead got the radioactive stuff on him, thus making him Daredevil. It was the same accident. 
Bum, bum, bum. Wait, wait, let me see. Is there what sound do we got? Board? I, I, um, wait, I think this is as good as I can do. Wait, wait, I might Fair have enough. one. Wait, ready? <laughs> Far fetched. Sheesh. No. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> also, <laughs> this, is, this has been bullshit geek corner with Megan. I'm, I'm dwelling on the first three minutes of this movie. So I'm, I swear to God, I'll get past the first three minutes. But I love that April in her news report is like calling out City Hall and she's calling out the police. She's like, Yeah, we have all this crime and no one's doing anything about it. City Hall's silent on the matter. The police are silent on the matter, um, which is really cool is it just further goes, you know, in your little kid head, you're like, yeah, because the turtles are going to do it, man. They're the ones who need to rise up. Right. Fucking, oh, know, shit. We should have listened. It's their new jitsu. April said the cops won't save you? Yep. that in my notes. <laughs> I, I, she had I, that I ongoing, the guy who worked with her with a timer every time she'd go into, like, the, the police guy's office. 106. Yeah. A new record. <laughs> new record. <laughs> So good. Oh man, we were all just getting ready. But with that, I literally wrote down. I was again because I think it's fun, and you know, when when you see things through the new lens of time, um, I thought it was funny that <laughs> one of April's lines at the beginning is, "Unfortunately, the only ones available are the police." And I was like, Whoa. "Man, I lived my life by that." Oh shit. <laughs> Listen, we wouldn't we wouldn't need the turtles if the cops did their jobs, whatever those jobs may be. So, <laughs> so what you're saying is right. fun the turtles. Yeah, fun fun all of their weapons. Stop it. The like Splinter had to come up and whoop Shredder's ass. Like turtles cried, even they weren't effective in the end. They just beat up some teenagers. <laughs> you know what? Teenagers that needed to get beat up, though. The, the, turtles, turtles, the, turtles, the turtles are teenagers, so it was just... <laughs> teenagers yeah. beating up teenagers, really, at the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how aging in turtle time works, Slowly. but... <laughs> I, I mean, it's in their name. They're very clear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And they also act like teenagers. They definitely act like teenagers. <laughs> Which I appreciate. Like, I appreciate that they're, they're, they're kind of like little shit sometimes. You know, which I like because that gives them, Wait, you know, a bit of an are we talking about this? Hey, you're two minutes late, dude. Ah, come on. I couldn't sign a place. Well, I'm trying to say, forgiveness is divine, but never pay full price for late pizza. Oh. <laughs> I haven't watched this movie like at least hours never. time. I have two questions after this scene. One, where does Michelangelo get money? They don't have jobs. Are like are they loving people on the side uh, yes. of hell and stealing TVs? And two, he gave the guy a ten and the tab was thirteen. So that means he's taking three bucks off for the late pizza. But that also means he did not tip so, that delivery let, driver. They let me put it true this way. Teenagers. You, you sweet summer children, you're not as old as I am. So, it, how dare it, <laughs> if Domino's was more than thirty minutes past? I remember it would be that. a free pizza. I remember that. So, I, I you know what I'm wondering. 
because they literally New York City always has different rules than the rest of New York. <laughs> I was wondering if it was just because they legit used actual Domino's. Domino's is like, don't don't blow us up like this. Tell people it's like a couple bucks off. Yep. Don't tell no, people they're their, getting free pizza. That was advertising. That was, yeah. That was definitely an advertising. Oh, oh, no, I remember that. I'm just wondering they to had put to, it in the to movie. They had to do away with that because there were so many teenagers running red lights and dying that they couldn't, <laughs> like... Oh, I'm I'm, oh, of, oh, I'm of an age to remember the uh, the free pizza traffic. Yeah. I remember sitting on the porch Major. of Grandma's house, excitedly waiting for the pizza guy to be like late, so that you could then go out for ice cream afterwards so, with the free money <laughs> <laughs> after not so, paying for your pizza. <laughs> Gosh, I wish bad things so for you, delivery I, driver. <laughs> I just want you to be inconvenienced by the traffic signals and be late with my pizza. So just what I what I want to say here is that Michelangelo is actually doing the delivery driver a solid. Because that pizza was free, and that mm. money he gave him was was just a tip to the driver. Mm, no, not yeah. I don't buy it. No, Where did no. money come I don't from? Know. It's a greenback, like a turtle. <laughs> you know what? Hang on, oh, hang on. I think, I'm leaving. I think Splinter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I I think after your, uh, Amato Yoshi died, which was Splinter's master, and his wife was slain by a Rokusaki, uh, <laughs> I'm sure Amato Yoshi had some fun, so that currency from Japan was exchanged into American dollars, which then Splinter is sitting on some available cash. That's my assumption on the matter. Wait, Eric, I- I love that, but he was a rat. Hamato Yoshi did not believe in the American banking system, so he kept all his cash in his mattress that Splinter could then steal afterwards. Or B, yes. Splinter went to the bank to withdraw from Hamato Yoshi. Exactly. He went in his own little to his turtle children. Yeah, he also went in his own little hat and trench coat, okay? <laughs> did they have multiple they hats and from? trench coats for everybody? <laughs> Oh my god. Everyone has a hat and a trench coat, okay? It's You're true. unrecognizable that way. In the cartoon they did, but in Raphael, the movie only right. Raphael ever goes out. Well, Which he had to see critters. I so, you know. love that, he by the way. He had to see critters. He had to storm off in a huff, and he just ended up seeing critters. <laughs> he didn't seem to like critters, which offends me. <laughs> I think Raphael might have crap movie taste. There, I said it. He's got anger issues. Yeah. Which is... Which is kind of cool that you played that uh, the pizza exchange clip the two minutes hey. late uh, because it's showing it's showing the turtles all dealing with uh, Splinter being like, hey, I, I might not be around all the time. And they're all like, oh, that's heavy. And so like Donatello goes <laughs> to Michelangelo is just like, hey, have you been thinking about this? You know, Splinter just said, what you know, what do we do if he's not around? And I feel like Michelangelo is just like, eh, I don't want to think about it. I'm just worried about this pizza right now. Yeah, he's tell a denial him. child. He's ex- exactly. He's denying it. Raph is like, I'm going to go out for, and I'm going to be alone because that's where I'm comfortable. I don't want to think about that. And I'm going to do my own thing. So I don't know. I don't know what Leonardo's up to. Maybe he's just meditating. And so Leonardo. So um, I'm going to say something controversial. He's just being boring. I was like, say, I think this is a good time yeah. to talk about the, the turtle personalities here. Because um, they do diverge a little yes. bit from the, the cartoon personalities, not not drastically, but a little bit. So, and I think the yeah. divergent no, of positive. Ahead, Eric, sorry, I'll let you go. Go, Matt. <laughs> what I was going to say, it's it's kind of rad that like 
again, when we talk about Michael Bay or these other films that came out um, after this film, I feel like writing uh, or writers will just go, okay, what's Donatello? He's the smart guy, right? So we're going to have him build gadgets and say smart shit. Raphael's a hothead, so we're going to make him the hothead and so on and so forth. They take kind of like the bare minimum of what they are and just, you know, the very surface level characterization. I feel like this movie is actually more interested in the gray areas of who these characters are and the layers to them, specifically Raph. And I got to bring up this scene. Sorry, I'm getting so off track, but we cannot forget this scene. But when Raph comes home after getting his ass kicked by Casey Jones, like there's that emotional scene between him and Splinter, which I feel like every movie from here on out would cut that scene out to be like, yeah, why are Splinter and Raph like sitting down and talking? This is so lame. But it's when he comes home and Splinter's like, hey, you need to take a seat. Because your anger is like clouding you. Your anger is like messing you up. And it's not going to solve anything. Like we're here for you. Like you're special because you're different. But at the same time, recognize that you have your brothers. You have me. Which I feel like is a poignant thing to put in act one of your Ninja Turtles movie. Not act three or, you know, closer to the end of the movie. I feel like the other incarnations and stuff will try to have that conversation between Raphael and the other turtles. And it would just end up being more of like a, a bickering fight. Like yeah. most other yeah. stuff has that where he, they just want to play up like the brotherly rivalry and sibling rivalry and stuff. But it, because it's splinter and it's like the father son thing, and then he's like, okay, well, dad says I have to sit down. So no matter how pissy I am, I just have to sit down and listen to dad. Yep. I do think that a splinter at his most Yoda, that's, that speech is very anger leads to hatred. At least that's how I read it. He's he's being an awesome mentor. The scene is lit by like one candle, so it's totally got this Godfather vibe to it in this weird way. Uh, Splinter has like crap in his eyes, and his eyes like his hair is like matted, and there's like shit in his whiskers. Like everyone's sweating for some reason. I'm like, damn, this is like a poignant emotional scene. Splinter looks like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Pull yourself together, man. Splinter almost looks like he staggered in from Meet the Feebles. <laughs> we're mentioning every film we've done you're goddamn right there's gotta be some continuity it's also like Raphael needs to have that talk because he needs that warning and he doesn't heed it and then later on he storms off by himself in an angry huff and gets yes. ass whooped on April's roof exactly, oh, exactly. Can, can we just talk about him in the tub and they're just like pouring water on him. That's so hardcore. I love there's, it. there's something so in the is standing there, and Michelangelo is out cooking s'mores, and Donatello <laughs> is fixing up a truck and name calling with Casey Jones. We don't have medical degrees. They're goddamn they're turtles. Turtles. Come on. It's so it's it's Raph's either going to die or he's not going to die. Got to go on with our lives. It's such a pet turtle move. I don't know. Keep it in a container and moist. <laughs> <laughs> Half full of water. <laughs> <laughs> they took care of Raph like we all took care of our pet turtles. Oh, yeah. No, no, it's the same thing. And By it the worked. Way, so, before we get hey. too far away from Splinter, I just want to throw out that do we know who, who the, the actor was that portrayed Splinter? I don't know. Uh, I, I have the Wikipedia. It is Kevin Clash. Right what does it say? Now, if you don't know who Kevin Clash is, you may remember him as. Uh, I see where this is Dee going. Dee Dee's Elmo. Elmo. Well, 
The for a bit. No, the 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 original Elmo, Elmo. the nineteen (laughs) eighty five till twenty twelve Elmo. Kevin Clash is Elmo. Elmo is Kevin Clash. He is also Splinter. Wow, that's fucking wild, isn't it? That is insane. Never trust a muppet. I was just gonna say, is that a great segue to talk about the Jim Henson Creature Shop? Oh my god. Oh, I'm just setting it up for everybody else. Oh, so. oh no! Oh, oh, no. Oh, he just walked us here on this boat, pushed us away from the shore, and waved. No, I. The two things I can say on that are uh, number one is that uh, somewhere on the internet I read that this was the last film that Jim Henson personally worked yeah. on before he passed away. Um, but also, um, I think that this comes back to again. Uh, whether or not you think the practical effects work perfectly and have every moment of, you know, lip syncing that they possibly could. I think that without being able to believe that splinter and the turtles specifically um, live, breathe and exist in the real world, this film doesn't work at all. And I think that the decision to give them slightly more muted tones And to make them very textured, I think, helps cement that sort of the gritty realism of this. Like with, you know, it just kind of reinforces like the fact that the cinematography has so much grain to it. And like, there's so much dark shadows to this. And I feel like maybe some of that is budget and maybe some of that is to hide the effects. But I think it just it works so well. And I think it's very impressive. The wild thing about this is it's kind of a, a, a convergence of people that either were massive in the field at the time, like Jim Henson, who really didn't need to do it because they didn't have the money to pay him, but he was just into it. And right. Sally Menke, who is yeah. Quentin Tarantino's editor, edited this movie. Yeah. Right? Crazy. So the two of them just kind of, if you look at it, it's like modern filmmaking means the, the greatest puppeteer of all time and made this movie and actually got money from Jeffrey Katzenberg, I think, to finish this thing. Wow. Huh. Oh. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with all that. And I think it goes back to Matt's point, the idea that all the decisions made to make them more tactile, to shoot it the way they, they shot it. I think the cinematography is like one of the most impressive things in the film, Um, the shadows and how they use it. In fact, I know I'm saying this and it sounds like I'm joking, but a lot of it did remind me of Godfather in the sense where it's like single light sources, like a lot of deep shadow play. And this idea that it it adds to the atmosphere as much as it is hiding, maybe the seams um, it's adding to the, the mythology and the kind of the fantasy of what's going on in a very awesome way and a very interesting way that's not just like yeah. let's like this like a tv well, show like make it this super movie bright and, and batman 89 kind of gave way to you know the 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 kind of interperiod superhero movies like before we got to the the candy colored marvel movies like there was a a, a kind of I don't want to say paint by numbers, but there was like a certain aesthetic that you'd have with the superhero movie. And I feel like it was very kind of filtered through Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and the Tim Burton Batman movies. You know what I mean? So they almost kind of set up that aesthetic that if you're doing a a superhero movie, it has to be kind of grounded and, and super realistic to, to get it over. You know, that that's except Except Tracy, Tracy, which, I think was it right, which is the same Dick year Tracy. that this came out. So it's it. 
We're doing Dick Tracy I mean, at some point, yeah. though, right? The, I got a lot to say. Absolutely. Yeah. Wait, I'm go make sure, I'll go make sure it's on the list. We go. Hey, Aaron, Aaron, there is an Ocean's 13 connection. Talk Uh-oh. to me. Is it a net- El Pacino? <laughs> oh. It's an El Pacino. <laughs> yeah. Dick Tracy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to know what his face was look, would look like if it was like pushed flat and extruded, God, I love that. Watch Dick Tracy. <laughs> I've actually thought of that at night sometimes, so I feel like um, <laughs> I had a birthday party and I took all my friends to see Dick Tracy. This is my life. That was another one where we went to the the Stone Ridge and then went immediately to the the Toys R Us to get the toys. It it was the three that yeah. I can remember. It was uh, Willow. It was Dick Tracy and the Rocketeer. Oh yeah, Willow. Yeah. We gotta do Willow. KP, KP. Willow. Willow. Ninja Turtles. I, I, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. We're good. I promise. I think just, I, think, I think just the Thank toys you. from Willow gave me nightmares. I don't think I watched that until I was an adult. I've still never seen it. I've got I've a Mad Mardigan to toy it. somewhere. What? Bill Kilmer is Mad Mardigan? God, oh, yeah, we already have Willow on this list. <laughs> we already exist. Yes. <laughs> We're yes. so good. Yay. Was Willow Henson thing I too? Think Henson or? No, that was. Or was it just? That was, was it just like uh, 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 Opie? Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Ron Howard. Yeah. Ron Howard. Yeah. <laughs> that was beautiful. Yep. So ILM, I'm assuming yep. then did all the the puppetry, which. Going to going back to the whole Jim Henson angle with the turtles. Um, Thanks I heard, for bringing it back again. I know, I'm always trying to bring it back. I have so much dumb shit to say. Um, no, you're I professional. Heard, and no. need it. <laughs> I heard with this particular film that they filmed the turtle stuff and a lot of the puppet stuff at 22 frames per second. So then when they sped it up to 24 frames per second, the mouth movements and some of the stuff they were animating or puppeteering, I should say, would look a little bit more natural and fine-tuned. That's why we bring Eric to the table and to dinner. That's why. I also heard they had only 10... Technique. Yeah. Yeah, and I heard they only had 10 weeks to make all the puppets, including the costumes for the turtles. Ten, like, 10 weeks. So think about that. Just like, oh, fuck, we got to make full turtle costumes. That's wild. Splinter. Considering the, the animatronics they have in yeah. the heads alone, like the, not not to backtrack, yeah. but yep. the, like that, that bathtub scene. The, oh, the, all the time. Uh, Let's talk about this. All I, all I want to do is talk about the bathtub scene. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> there's something about that like just like it speaks to me yeah that's it what feels i mean so it, it, real. there's so much emotion there like so much like you believe it and it's just these two giant like latex costumes yeah. hugging but yeah he gets so yeah. happy when Raphael's okay but he's still just a turtle in a tub oh it's so good and he's hungry <laughs> feed him please you know, he's like, yeah. some food. <laughs> i was like oh that's what siblings do yeah isn't that we put each other in the tub exactly. and then feed each other as yeah, someone like- who has been a sibling in a tub before being fed by a sibling <laughs> yes it's true <laughs> okay, okay aaron wait a second this might be why i like the scene like it feels real true but maybe like just to us <laughs> yes because i was drunk and not injured <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that's a better answer true true Please, please, my sister, she's in the tub. She's very hungry. Please, let us call Domino's. Please, please. I don't think it was it was pizza. It might have been Domino's. It was it was probably yeah, no, I'm yep. 
Okay, so we reenacted the scene on accident. <laughs> on accident. No, it's like, you know how certain things just happen in the world, and that's why it echoes for everybody, because we've all had a variation on it? This is it. Person in tub. Oh, they're better. Get them food. <laughs> sometimes it's not a tub. Sometimes it's a couch. Sometimes it's a sidewalk. No. It's not always pizza. Sometimes it's like like dumplings. I was going to say, no matter what, French it's fries. always Domino's, though. That That's where it is. Maybe that's just me personally. <laughs> it's always Domino's, even when he didn't order it. It just shows up. And you got to get them co- off the ground with their arm over your neck and like, okay, let's yeah. go. <laughs> it's so wild because I feel like the movie becomes like a Terrence Malick flick when oh it goes God, to yeah. the farm. It's just like, all right, we're good. We're going to do just a lot of natural sunlight and people hanging out in the woods and people walking around. I'm like, okay, Brad, this is exactly what I want to be watching right now. Yeah, like, I love the entire farm sequence, but it like brings absolutely nothing aside from like Raphael getting better and the campfire scene. Like it doesn't really bring anything to the plot as far as like stopping shredder or defeating the foot or anything like that. Oh, I it's think just, it's huge. I think it's huge. <laughs> to the plot. Oh, here Tom, because- let's do this. Well, this is what I was going to say. The second act of the film literally does the most awesome thing. And I know your second act is supposed to like be the troublemaking part of your, your screenplay, but it literally just beats the shit out of the turtles. It's like, oh, your your father figure, your master, we're taking him. It's like, oh, that sucks. Oh, by the way, you can't go back to your home. And now they're hanging out with April Neal. Oh, by the way, we're going to burn down her antique store that belonged to her father. <laughs> We literally have to just go into hiding because people want to kill us and we're not even getting along as a family. Oh, on top of it, not only is our father figure gone, but then Raphael, our brother, is like in a coma and we have to put him in this tub um, (laughs) and splash water on him. And it's insane because it's this moment where it's like, yeah, before you can go back to see Shredder or do any of that, you guys need to fucking get your shit together and meditate, which does feel a little bit like Again, Malik, going back to the idea of like, hey, we're going to walk around and be kind of like, what the fuck are we supposed to do? I guess we'll work on cars and get our heads straight. I don't know what we're supposed to be doing now, that confusion. And building sexual tension between Casey and April. Yeah, that's the importance right there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm a little worried for April. I just feel like this isn't like a long-term relationship. I hope not for her sake. Yeah. I think this was very formative to like my chosen ship, like dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> the bossy lady and the kind of shitty you could do better guy, but he's got a heart of gold. So, okay. It's going to work out. What if we, you know what? Maybe he just for four children. They've already cared for four children. They can come through anything else after this. You know, he just needs some tub time. Got to pour some water on him. Help yeah. him get his shit together. He's just got to finish mourning his hockey career and get a real job. It's not beating up teenage like muggers. Awesome. Grade A thick material. Okay. Like. <laughs> oh, oh my god, we haven't even done. You know how many fics I've read that are that exact storyline that we See? watched with the like, some of them that I read are that. KP fan fiction. Yes, let's get to it. <laughs> Beautiful. No, so uh, unfortunately, uh, I had a what? difficult time <laughs> finding. Well, okay. Oh, no. 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 Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. What is wrong with you people? No. <laughs> like, they're brothers. Stop. <laughs> And turtles. They're turtles. No, okay, I mean, whatever. Don't jump you know what? no. on their species. 
It's like, yeah, no, that's fine. The, you, you, you got so much to work with. Like, just from a, you got, like, we've talked about this before. You can do whatever you want with Casey, April. You do whatever the heck you want. We got other turtles. There's all sorts of other nonsense you could do. But, like, they're brothers. Why do I have to go digging for, like, through pages, pages <laughs> to find a simple fic of just brothers being brothers? Like, we need to use the archive of our own exclude tags. Oh, I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. They still trick me. Let, they still trick me. This is the, the moment what? I've been hoping for for this entire time because if there's anybody in the world I know that that is as into archive of our own as much as you Katie it will be Anna so let, let's hear where this goes I feel like this is like Frost Nixon for for fanfic <laughs> the, tagging, the tagging there is very granular and you can exclude a whole lot of things after you accidentally stumble across it oh you know the tagging system on AO3 is like the best thing ever and it needs to be applied to just about all media would be great but <laughs> listen sometimes you don't want angst but then again you gotta trust people to actually tag things you can't tag something as slow burn and then they get together in two chapters Okay, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> you tell me, you tell me. Like in your case, you cannot leave out the pairing of turtle cest and then in a tag somewhere be like mild background turtle cest because then made up tag. People get tricky, and you're like, why are you doing this? Do you not understand how to can tag we stop things? here real quick? And <laughs> can I ask a question? <laughs> How can turtle yeah. cest exist in any story and just be mild and black background? author is chasing at that moment and what other kids work in the back of their filthy that is wild to me i feel like anytime there's there's any kind of turtle cess that would have to be like upfront and blatant like that no matter what else is happening if it's like an if it's like an april if it's like an april casey fic is the main pairing you're following them and then it's just background i guess turtle cess and then it's like oh haha and they walked in on the boys making out and then they went back and then you're only following them we're hitting hitting close to home i don't know know if i need (laughs) turtle says too many times i think our max is 15 i know my emotional capacity is with more Um, also they're teenagers so they're minors right so what are we 18 is a teenager and not a minor you will be probably not surprised at the amount of overlap between tagging between Pornhub and AO3. <laughs> this is this is by far the favorite part of this spot. Like I'm having, I'm enjoying this so much. But it's so weird that they go straight for the turtles because again, going back to Sam Rockwell, like how sweaty he is, and he's got got this trash stash. It's like, why not put him in like precarious situations? Character tag, like parent tags. But it's just there's a lot to work with. And I think (laughs) no, this is too much. No, I mean between the four of them, I mean you have like whatever kind of if you have like your hothead and your nerd like, and I'm not justifying this because I don't agree with turtle cess, 
but <laughs> I under, I, you have yeah, a lot but, of personalities that people like that you compare together like amongst so, them and that's the problem yeah they are popular character archetypes to be paired together it just yeah. is unfortunate for the record going forward on our next podcast i'm going to introduce you as she doesn't believe in turtle cest it's Kristen pelt pacheco <laughs> Listen, I don't need a soundbite taken out of context here, okay? We <laughs> all have professional jobs. And I'm concerned about my name being affiliated with this podcast. This is where you right fucked now. up. I, I picked a pseudonym. You all fucked up. Fucked up blocking. Hello, my name is Aaron. A- um, Morphe. Um. Speaking of uh, Speaking Shredder of. and Tatsu fanfic, what do you guys think about uh, Shredder as a character in this movie? Eric's a hero. Eric's a hero. He's, here's a problem with the movie is the racism. Uh-huh. The one Here's oh my, my problem with this movie. Just the racism. that They don't, you know, you have Asian characters as villains and some caricatures and I think there's a point where April says something that is also racist, like a throwaway line. Yeah, she makes a joke about Sony payments. Yeah, so yep. that, that's that's really my only problem with this. It's it like, is very uh, 1990 in its politics. We're taking away from Asian culture, and then we just yeah, it varies. Yeah, so, but yeah, no, totally agree. But Shredder is we, we with right. with that. Oh, sorry, no, good, yeah, no, okay, go okay. I just wanted to say with that, that was something that I, in just brief amounts of digging, was not able to find more details on, but I was. Uh, let's call it like quizzically cautiously interested in the fact that shredder has been dubbed in this and that mm-hmm. the actor who is you know so on screen, tattoo, like you can see that happen a yeah, lot yeah, yeah yeah um and so in both of their cases i was just uh you know i understand probably why from a pr standpoint they don't want to tell us why they were dubbed but i was curious why they were dubbed it's interesting. I always thought it was Tatsu who was the only one that was dubbed, and the actor who portrays Shredder does his own voice. But you might be right, Matt. I, I, I have Maybe I'm wrong. deep into it. Oh wait, Matt with Conspiracy Corner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, bump, bump. but Tatsu is definitely dubbed. Like yeah. everything yeah. he's saying is yeah. not. It's not matching. Except for the time he swears, that doesn't sound dubbed. Interesting. <laughs> They just like the passion he was bringing. Well, it's interesting because yeah, it's like, a, keep this. Uh, I mean, he did, he swore in it, Japanese, not in English, but they did. It's a Golden Harvest co-production, so I'm wondering if it's just like maybe a language barrier issue, or you know, yeah, I was I wasn't sure if they just you know for whatever reason it was they didn't like the performance or they just needed you know they wanted someone to sound let's say different but i feel like it's it's a tricky subject and it's a case of like i you know as with all things i'd, I'd much rather that the original actor would also do their own so their i own agree lines, with that in certain but, cases but this may um, be a david prowse situation maybe not having as many exactly. as I mean, voice as they wanted perhaps and i'm pretty sure like shredder's voice sounds modulated as well like it's got like a Darth Vadery rasp to it. Even when his mask yeah. is off on the roof, it's still got like that sort of like digital grittiness to it. Yeah. And Eric, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now, and yeah, it's a different voice actor for Shredder than it is for the on screen actor. So the live action is James Sato, and then, mm-hmm. and who then do the, they have uh, David McCharlin? 
is interesting. Micharn. I'm I'm butchering that, but that's that's the voice actor for Shredder. So wow, so both of them were dubbed. Yeah. Um, with that said, yeah, uh, it might be a David Prowse situation. Also, might just be shitty. Just kind of like, hey, we don't like this. We're gonna get someone we like, and we're gonna put him in there and yeah. not respect yeah. the the actor playing it. Uh, with that said, though. Shredder's entrance is so fucking badass, and I absolutely love it. And I love that his speech, going back to the whole idea of the Foot Clan being a cult and being something where it's like, hey, I'm here for you guys. I'm your dad. I'm your father. This is what I need out of you. And by the way, this guy gets a headband because he just joined the club. And if you guys want headbands, you can be a part of this too. Um, it's such a powerful entrance for a character, I think, to really set it up. I know there is a deleted scene where he was supposed to like show how cunning he was and um, how good he is at ninjutsu and fight some of the Foot Clan members just to prove his worth. And I'm kind of glad that didn't show up in the movie because you just have to believe that by the end, it's like this is the first time you're going to see him be able to fight, which is really cool. Yeah, it's like it makes him more intimidating that he is doing all of this, but you never see him like upholding why he's able to do all of this. My only yeah. disappointment is yep. that he's not uh Kevin Nash from Ninja Turtles 2. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> close. <laughs> only because that, that would have made three movies uh, that not- we've done with Kevin Nash in it. And, and that would make me very happy. <laughs> I feel oh, like you could always just watch the second one. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> With that, though, I did want to just mention, just or I guess let's call it pull the group to find out which April O'Neil you prefer, this one or number two, Secret hmm. of the Ooze. This one? This one. She's As scrappier in this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid, I was attracted more to the April the second one. <laughs> Maybe it has something to do with brunettes. I don't know. Uh, but Truth. as I've grown older, it, yep. J- J- is it Judith Hoke or um, yeah. April O'Neil? The first one is way more interesting as a character and way more developed and way more badass. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I feel like. Secret of the Ooze was always my Turtles movie growing up, just because I think I came to this one slightly later and I had longer with that one. So she, yeah, growing up was always my my April, but over time, yeah, I've come around to, to the first one. That's what I wanted to hear, Adam. If you ever see Judith Hogue at a, a Comic-Con, that you don't walk up to her and tell her that she's your April. Um... Because I will tell you that it, your, your ego may not survive that interaction. Um, just from personal experience, not something you want to do. Um, yeah. Just, Whoa, please just, Wait, you can't just that, say something. That, no, that, that is what I did with Colin Baker. And I, I am 10 years, 15 years after that. And I still feel a little weird about it. So I see. Yeah. Matt, was that the same Comic-Con where I also deeply embarrassed myself by walking up to composer Nathan Barr, and who did True Blood, and he was like, what do you like about it? And I hummed part of his own score at him. I was like, I like that Can't part. confirm. Or, that's just adorable. No, that, that's so adorable. I love it. That was the most embarrassed I think I've been Can't at the Comic-Con. Confirm. You're all voted in the group. We all think it's cute. Listen, he signed, he signed my speech. You beat? 
There was remember when uh, Pacific Rim was coming out and there was that Make Your Own Jaeger website and there was like <laughs> articles going around of like all the best names. I marched up to someone at a booth because I recognized his name and I was like, "Are you the diarrhea touchdown guy?" And he <laughs> stared at me for like thirty seconds, the most awkward thing. And he was like, "Yes," and I was like, "Bye." And then I like ran away. <laughs> I have nothing to do with this. Committed. This is the thing. You gotta commit with like confidence in your awkwardness and your beautifulness and who you are as a person. You walk up and say, "You are my doctor." You win. Yeah. Call it a day. I liked your diarrhea touchdown, Jaeger. (laughs) There you go. I liked your Jaeger. Oh, you (laughs) fuck off and then you walk away. Like, let them have their moment. If they're gonna be a dick, tell them they're a dick and walk away. Like, so simple. Bring me with you. I will make your dreams come true. Oh my! So, where's the fanfic of like that starts with "Hey, I like your Jaeger." I'm sure that is out there. Pacific Rim AUs are top notch. Okay, two to three characters. That's the dream. Imagine the turtles powering a Jaeger. Okay, you know they're all draft compatible. Oh my god! Oh my god! Face plant immediately. Okay, no, eventually we we get there. Like together, and Raphael could ever be drift co- compatible. <laughs> no, that's a good That's a com- <laughs> And the Jaeger would look like Shredder. No, it would look like. <laughs> I don't like that like No, no, kind of like that because then they're like, "Look at us! Now we're Shredder." And he's like, "No, I'm Shredder. No, we're Shredder and larger." And then they just like, nope. Oh, they shoot giant pizza boxes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Cartoon. It would be like lime green and yellow and have stickers yeah, all over it. That says right. foot stinks. That would be their that year. Right. Oh, <laughs> that would be the name of their year. It would be foot stinks. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All this idea is copyright. Everybody so. hearing this copyright. I love it's our right. idea. Yeah. Own pick. Honest to God. Virginia yeah. Hughes. And now I, I need to ask this question apropos of nothing. What's everybody else's most embarrassing moment when you've talked to somebody that you've idolized or like celebrity? Who's got one? This sounds like someone's trying I mean, to get blackmailed. This is going out in public. <laughs> you can't trick me. Here's the deal. I'll put mine out there. Um, I was talking. I I've got another one. You already because because I am stunningly awkward. Um, I got in a weird conversation about Dirk Benedict's hair with Dirk Benedict and the woman that played Lacey Underwood in Caddyshack. That was a weird conversation about somehow it, it came to the point that my dad idolized uh, Dirk Benedict's hair. He didn't, but he brought it up and I just yes ended into that conversation to the point that Lacey Underwood had to get involved and go, what the fuck's happening? Um so that's the thing that happened to me. I um I um I don't I don't idolize her. Okay, you want me to tell you the idolize one or the fight I got in with Miley Cyrus? I mean Whoa Miley Cyrus. How the fuck are you gonna ask me that and then not know what I'm going to say yes to? Because I can tell you about the time I talked to Neil Patrick Harris, or I can tell you about the time Yo, uh, Miley Cyrus. Fuck Doogie, Hel- Doogie Hauser, let's yeah. hear about Miley Cyrus. Uh, <laughs> yes. Okay, I'll make this real quick. I was working at a place with a mouse, right? A magical place? Chuck- a magical Chuck- place? Chuck- yes. We'll call yeah, it Chuck E. Cheese. I was working at Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> and, um, 
and uh this person um Hannah Montana was checking was buying thousands and thousands of dollars worth of stuff and I work merchandise and uh she was checking out a uh, part of our policy is if the back of your credit card ain't signed and it's blank I'm gonna ID you duh bitch I know it's you okay but I said excuse me ma'am hi um the back of your credit card is not signed you have spent five thousand dollars on I don't know stuffed animals on crystals with your face inside of it that you had to take a picture of on me editing photos of you flying through the world um I need your ID. And she goes and looks up at me from her phone while her achy, breaky little heart motherfucking father in the corner is letting her get an attitude with me. Goes, um, uh, you don't know who I am? And I go, sorry, ma'am, I know who you are, but I need your ID because blah, 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 blah. And she starts cranking her neck at me and goes, I pay your paycheck. Like, blah, 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 blah. Like, you get your money from me, cranking her neck at me. And of course, the the Aaron Murphy in me starts coming out. I'm like, oh, I'm going to jump across this thing. I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to lose it on her. <laughs> she cannot talk to me like this. Um, I am also, maybe I didn't take my like medication that day. I don't know. Either way, like, I was not in a good place. And I'm turning red in my face. And my coworker can see what's going on because I am officially, like, going to lose it. I then, and she, uh, she, I believe she calls me a fat bitch, if I was correct. Uh, stupid fat bitch. I pay your check, all this stuff. So she's calling me names, making a scene. I turn to my coworker to say to go get the manager. She takes a stuffed uh, animal. I was about to say what animal it was, but a stuffed animal, and shoves it in my face, like slaps me with it in my face. Now, what? the eyeball of the stuffed animal hits my eyeball and what? cuts part of my eye. What? So then I am officially like, enraged i am enraged because i'm like oh we're going we're fucking going um and i i go down to start like screaming and next thing i know i get i get spun backstage um because in my head the whole time i was like i got a box cutter in my pocket like if i just flip it up really quick, like i can slice something and like we would be done like we would be done um but anyways i went backstage uh they apologized um said something was my fault but then let me go home with pay and anyways that is when miley cyrus shoved this stuffed animal in my face because i tried to id her because she spent too much money that is the craziest story she came in like a wrecking ball (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i should i I feel like we should throw a bunch of allegedly's in there or cut that out completely but um alleged i had a dream about this this was in a dream it's completely <laughs> alleged um it was a jesus fuck <laughs> holy shit aaron i can't that's crazy necessarily follow that was the that. moment that i learned that i have self-control i'm proud of in my dream <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Aww. i am the closer <laughs> thank you so much I still have a little mark on my eye in my dream. Allegedly, fuck her. <laughs> That's right, Eric. That's right. Yeah, anomaly rolls deep, yeah. deep and tight. Molly Cyrus can go fuck right herself. Roll. There you go. Allegedly. Yeah, keep this all no in. way. <laughs> my pockets are not that deep. Now. <laughs> KP, did you actually have something you could follow that up with? <laughs> No, it's not even somebody famous. Aaron, you were there, right? When we had the anomaly event for um uh, why can I not remember that movie? Ready or not? And then Matt, your wonderful co-worker came up and I had the clipboard and I'm like, wow, what's your name? And she's like, Chris, and I'm like, wow, me too. And she just blank stared at me and I just started floundering and nobody saved me. And Vanessa was just eating popcorn on the side. And I, I saved you. I'm watching you. Wow. <laughs> I, 
changed you. That's when we learned that we need to be the closer and the cupboard. Yeah. So bad. I feel like I, I do remember watching you just hung out to dry while your best friend just ate popcorn next to you. <laughs> she kicked him on brand. I saved you. You did. I just, yeah, that was a mess. <laughs> I didn't feel. I just let it sit there for a second to see if Vanessa was going to do anything because that's your best friend. Yeah, but then no. she did it, so then I was like, "Hey, yeah, I see your name." Oh, God. Yeah, no, yeah, same name. Yeah, and then just so confused, like I, I wasn't even speaking English. I just... All I could hear was Opie's voice in my head. She didn't. Um... <laughs> she did it. I tried. Is Vanessa going to help? She didn't. <laughs> Of course you not. Oh, Watching Christ. me crash and burn. <laughs> I, I, I have another terrible segue because I'm not as good at this as Eric is. Um, and that is, speaking of having egg on your face, I laughed that one of, I think, the most dated phrases in this is when they say gack face as an insult. And I was like, well, actually, is gack still a thing? I don't know. Is, is this some sort of horror goo question? It is actually. Were they actually referencing Nickelodeon Gak? I feel like that would be crossing the lines. I don't know. Gak. Is this was Gak around when this came out, or is this pre-Gak? I'm not sure. I think it's pre-Gak. Pre-Gak. Yeah. Did Gak name from this? Gak was not. I think Gak was just nope. a term it, for stuff. <laughs> Nickelodeon. Or is it, is it Gak like that it, it sound you made? Like Gak is actually a euphemism for cocaine. <laughs> what? Whoa! I, I mean, Casey yep. Jones. So when you somebody, say face, somebody so. looks gacked out, it means <laughs> they're all like <laughs> fucked up on coke. That's mm-hmm. awesome! I love it. In 1994, Nickelodeon and Mattel first manufactured Flum, originally bubble. Four gack. years after, <laughs> a compound composed of microbeads and foam-like substance. Yeah, but that was Flum. Gack had to come first because Flum was just gacked with stuff yeah. in it. I had no idea. Okay, so this makes no sense because cocaine is not gooey. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what, what would you call it? Like, Nickelodeon reclaims that word for the children. Yeah, maybe back. when the coke's like in your brain, it gets gooey. Oh, it's it's back mucus throat, uh, memory damage. Yeah, you okay. get the drip. All yeah. right, I see where it's coming from. Wonderful. Oh, Thank you. Could we move on? Ew. <laughs> ew, 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 ew. This is my domain. <laughs> Well, speaking of gag face, uh, going back to the farm where the turtles are training. <laughs> I, love, what, all of I love that one shot of like Donatello in like the like the the sun hat humming Old MacDonald. Oh yeah, it's it's such a, a good shot. Second thing, yeah. I'm like, it's so pretty. Yeah, all those shots are so pretty. Um, and I love too because they finally kind of have their weird Star Wars moment where they meditate and Splinter comes and gives them a message. And I almost feel like that's the point where they've rebuilt their like their brothership together, and they've got to a place where it's like, okay, we can accept Splinter not being in our lives because I think he said like he leaves off that weird meditation speech with like, hey, these are my final words. I love you guys. Yeah. And like I'm your father, and it's like, oh fuck, they're accepting like a life without him which I think they had to do in order to now come together and return back to the city and face Shredder. 
So thematics, people, like thematically, this thing is moving like a train and it's heading into our third I love that it really did such a positive way. I didn't I didn't watch it just recently, but I watched it like a few months ago and that scene definitely made me cry. As a thirty six year old woman, I was like sobbing uncontrollably when they're all sitting around the campfire crying over Splinter. Yeah. It's so sad. And like everyone accepts it because everyone's like crying tears. Like Michelangelo is like probably crying the worst. And he was the one who's kind of denying it earlier. Right. When he's ordering the pizza and it's like, he's coming around to it. And so. he and Donatello brought marshmallows and sticks to make s'mores. Yes. So good. Um. <laughs> quick, quick, quick update. Gak is still available. That's what I hear. Oh, I hear it's more popular than ever. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's the whole last two minutes because I had to do some important research. <laughs> I'm sure Eric didn't get all deep and amazing and like you know really did some like film analysis or anything. Well, on the contrary, uh, Eric, why? Um, what's really cool too is the fact that the turtles do cry. It's kind of showing them so emotionally vulnerable. Not to continuously to compare it to the new ones, and I'm sure there's fans of the new ones, and I hate to be like, our stuff was better than your stuff, even though this Turtles is better than the new stuff. But with that said, to be able to be like, hey, we're going to show all the Turtles crying, I don't know why, but that is a really neat thing that, again, would be studio noted to death to be like, don't show the Turtles crying. They're teenagers. They're fun. If you show yeah. them crying, no, they should be on surf like all so the time. They're, they're teenagers um, and fun. Yeah. Right, they're always on, they're always and quippy. They're, the protagonists. they're like the male protagonists. Yes, exactly. And that, I think you lose something because them crying, it's like, yeah, you're bonding with them. These puppets are emoting in a way that is now making you even more invested in their next chapter, which is the third act, which is their final confrontation. So you're like with them. You're you're completely, you're not watching the movie from a distance. You're, you're involved actively with it. It, for Eric and company, another question on that though is not to again compare this to like the sequels and then iterations that came after this. But do you think some of those choices and decisions, and you know, in effect, having a more well-rounded, not traditionally studio-driven piece to this, is partly a result of the fact that this was an independent film, and it wasn't until halfway through production that they were able to convince New Line to pick them up for distribution. Like that still blows my mind that this is considered an indie and was the highest grossing. That was the indie thing I wanted to bring up, Matt. Project. Thank you for for getting to that. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yeah, it just I mean, it it blows my mind that I feel like it's an indie, and I just I think is definitely mean like the complete tonal differences it has between the second and third ones like they they should not even exist in the same universe they are so clearly like studio meddling targeted at children they're basically live action versions of the cartoon where this one is very different it's more of an an adaptation of the the comic right yeah which i think the meddling went so far that i believe the director was kicked Mm -hmm. off of the last leg of the editing like the last few months of editing, he was replaced and the studio got rid of some more of the more violent aspects, probably made sure the one kid who got beat up by Tatsu, he's like, oh, let's hurry up in ADR, like a line where he's breathing and says he's all right, because he's like clearly dead. And so I'm sure they came in too and were, were cleaning it up. But surprisingly left the shredder being crushed in the dumpster. 
like Casey Jones. Like, yeah, that's fine. That's a, that was the wild thing. And and what I was reading, it was, it was both. It was the director kind of got thrown off and Sally Menke got thrown off because Golden Harvest didn't like the way she was editing the movie, which blows my mind. The one thing that I'm glad they kept is uh, let's the, the final confrontation with Shredder. And I'm again, I know I'm going to always just be comparing this to what they would do now. But in the new film, it's like, OK, the turtles, they're going to like use each other and defeat the villain as a team. And this movie's like, no, they can't even beat Shredder. Like he's way too powerful and he's going to destroy them. And it's up to Splinter, which is like such a cool thing to be like, oh, yeah, Splinter's return is now once again saving his sons. and stopping Treader, which I don't know, that's even more poignant to be like, yeah, we're not going to let the turtles get this victory because it's not really their victory to get like them coming together is the victory. Right. So they don't have to now physically subdue shredder and be like, we got him and we did it. It's more of Splinter's personal journey to with his master and his father figure. So um, I think that's a rad choice. Whereas in the new Michael Bay one, it's like, okay, here's shredder. Who's like half robot for some reason. And the turtles like magically beat him up and win the day. Um, for sure which is far yeah, less I think interesting. It's, it's interesting how they kind of you know follow the 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 Joseph Campbell hero journey plus kind of subvert it a little bit and actually give it back to to uh Splinter versus Shredder rather than the Ninja Turtles. I think that's really kind of a cool cool idea and and I was surprised they went with it. And I think that kind of talks to you know the the lack of studio notes. I I, I assume um is that they let him get away with that. I mean they like they don't even know who Shredder is. Like when they start that fight, they're just like, "Ha ha! Look at this doofus with all like his can openers on his sleeves." It's not until like they mention Splinter that they realize who he. It's not. It's not even until Splinter shows up that they realize who he is. They just think he's just some random bad guy who has Splinter held hostage. Yeah, so it's that's like, a great point. It's oh. not. It's definitely not their fight. He's just some random guy leading a gang that they've been going up against. It's not until. Splinter shows up and is like, hey, this is my fight and here's why. They're like, okay, well, take it over, Dad. We'll just stand here and watch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which and is so cool Splish. to give, yeah, give Splinter the kill. Or he's, I guess, one of the, the culprits of killing someone. I was going to say, he did not do the killing. <laughs> True. Yeah, he had he to let go of that nunchuck to catch that knife that Shredder threw like a little bitch. Yes, exactly. He, he dies without honor. That's the way he's going out man. in a dumpster, as you do. As and you do. I, I bet Splinter is like, "Fuck, who put that dumpster there? <laughs> that dude's supposed to like fall on his neck on the, on the pavement." Like, I mean, you could argue that Casey Jones' <laughs> nonsense is why we had the second one. Maybe if he had landed on the cement, he wouldn't have survived being crushed by a garbage truck to come back in the second one. <laughs> he did return. <laughs> Which, kind of going back, they I feel like the Turtles movies have a problem with how to show the heroes destroying or defeating the villain. And while I say they made the more interesting choice in this movie, even the second one, like when Shredder becomes Super Shredder, the Turtles can't fight him. He's just way too powerful. So they just like yell at him, like, dude, listen to reason, you're insane. And he yeah. like kills himself. And I wonder if that was a choice made to be like, shit, we can't show Leonardo stabbing this dude through the head. Yeah, like, we can. <laughs> so we're going to show Super Shredder like be the culprit of his own demise and 
push over these beams and have this dock fall on his head. Um, but I would say, even if that's the case, I think that's a more satisfying ending, just people pleading with an insane person being like, you're going to kill everyone. You're insane. We're not going to fight you. Please don't kill us. I'm sorry. I have to go back to the, I, I just, I just picture like in this alternate verse where Leonardo stabs him, Aaron's like, he just ran into my, my sword 10 times. <laughs> he found himself there. Okay. God, not a villain. Maybe it's more like the the Sailor Moon type thing, right? Love overcomes all. I don't think that's it, but a thought. Sure. You know, well, like I mean, that's, she never actually like kills any of her villains. She, right, yeah. You know what I mean? It, like that's the thing is that redemption is possible. I guess is. I don't know. That's probably yeah. That's not it for that, but I don't know if they're they're trying to teach kids something different. So I a hundred percent agree with that. And not to poo-poo modern day movies or modern day superhero movies, but it feels like the trend. Like I'll walk out of a movie and I'll always say to my friends, I'm like, man, why didn't Iron Man just like take off his mask and be like, You guys are all insane. What you're doing is fucking crazy and like i'm not gonna shoot you with this laser blaster i'm not gonna like shoot you with a gun or destroy you or defeat you in that manner and and i'm not just pointing out marvel movies i guess i would point out just any generic blockbuster where you give the hero the win the the kill or whatever it is to subdue someone i like the notion of being like what's a more interesting way of of handling this or showing it i suppose and it all stems from Turles, man, when they're like, we're not, we can't kill Shredder, but Splinter can kind of kill him, I suppose. And Casey Jones can kind of kill him. <laughs> also, what's up with Raph losing a sigh? Do you guys think that's symbolic of anything? Like, he loses his sigh and his anger problems, and it's not until he gets his sigh back that he then... I think you, you know, answered your, your question there, Eric. <laughs> I, I think it's I just... Like, I don't know. I don't remember what their actual ages break down to. I think there was something like on the old collectible cards from the cartoon show that you'd get like Pizza Hut or wherever that had like the age breakdowns. But I feel like Leo is personality wise the oldest and Raph is the next oldest. So I feel like there's always a little bit of an inferiority complex there, which leads Uh, to his hot headedness. And so the fact that the whole big thing is like you gotta strike quick and, and leave without a trace and then Raph is like I fucked up and I left my weapon there and the lady saw it and she put it in her purse and yeah. nobody else fucked up like that even Michelangelo didn't fuck up like that so yeah, I think that's definitely he has up. to yeah. overcome that you know minor mistakes aren't the end of the world and I mean in the long run it brought April and Casey into their lives so maybe it's not such a big deal that he lost that sigh and then eventually got it back Hell yes, preach it. That was so beautiful. beautiful. Sometimes you have to lose things you think you need to find things you actually need. And then sometimes it comes back to that thing you thought you lost in the beginning. And then together you found everything you need. (laughs) I want that on a photo. Sometimes it's not not the size we lose across on the way. It's it's the friends we meet on the way. (laughs) It's the size you pick up on your adventure. Yeah, the real it's, not, it's, the, uh, it's not the size you lose. It's the unconscious women you pick up and bring home and put on your couch. <laughs> it's not the Julia Roberts you aren't, but the Julia Roberts you are. <laughs> Aaron. Oh no! Oh, nope. oh no! Nope. And you took it, and you didn't need to, and you did. Megan. 
If Vanessa isn't here, I feel like I got to rep her a little. Yeah. And sometimes you need the crazy uncle to kill your enemies for yeah. you. Sometimes you just got to meet someone who you just like hate and then you become friends and then he kills your enemies for you. I, uh, yeah, I feel it's beautiful. <laughs> and then he falls in love with that lady that you brought home to your house while she was so. unconscious and it all works out in the end. <laughs> and then one big happy family. Yeah. He, and then there's he couldn't kid. just leave her in the subway. The kid, he had like, to bring her there. Yeah, squatting in your house, leaving moldy pizza all over the place, getting your hopes up. So I, yeah, I, I, I feel like as we divulging. get into the, <laughs> that was a plot element. Sorry, I meant devolving, not divulging. I don't know why I said three glasses of wine. I think it was not. I think it was three, as, not two and a half. Mm. <laughs> As we get into the lessons of, of what uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 1990 ha- has taught us, um, I, I feel like that's probably a good place to uh, kind of start to wind down a bit. So um, I, what, what final thoughts do we have about TMNT 1990? Uh, I can go. Okay, I'll go. Um, uh, this was a formative lesson in the trials and tribulations of soundtrack and score collecting for young baby Matt. Um, because, uh, I was seven years old when I first heard this score in this film and this score finally was released in 2018. I think, I think, so, uh, I, think I learned today is that uh, yep. the same guy yeah, did go. all three. Yep. John DePrez, uh, mm-hmm. who a lot of, a lot of his other work is with Monty Python, actually. He's the co-composer of Spamalot, um, as well as a whole bunch of other things because he's friends with Eric Idle. Um, yep. And uh, before this, he did A Fish Called Wanda. And then he did three Ninja Turtles movies kind of in the middle of his career. Fascinating. It's, it's I Fish Called Wanda soundtrack. Okay. I'm sorry, Aaron. I missed you. What did you say? I just said I love a fish called Wanda's um, soundtrack, but I've never heard or seen it. It's like the in my movie knowledge. Well, you have to, anyways. We'll watch it later. Continue. Perfect. Uh, No, so this, like, just in this case, the score literally didn't get a release until 2018 on vinyl. Um, So you had to buy the vinyl of it, and there was so much demand. Then they did a limited pressing of it on CD. Uh, Both now are sold out again because of the rights issues for it. So, yeah, it's wild. But but I honestly think think it, it works really well, again, for all the reasons we've talked about of being able to find a weird counterbalance. Sometimes it's cartoony, sometimes it's serious. It's got great themes. I think it's a really strong effort. So go John DePrez. Yay. It was beautiful. Uh, Matt Austin, at the beginning of this podcast, you were like, hey, why was everyone so passionate about this one? They're like, yeah, we got to be here. And what's really cool is I think over the course of this podcast, and I don't know if this was led, um, I think it was led by everyone chiming in in the idea that no one here is just talking about like oh the turtles love pizza and they love skateboarding i think the merit of the movie is that there's more to that like we ended up talking about family and splinter and father figures and shredder being a cult leader and the foot and so i think that goes to the positive of this film and why it's held up is that the movie is not that interested in the superficial stuff that make the turtles accessible 
in terms of like pop culture reasons to be like, they love pizza and they're skateboarders. This movie's actually more interested in the emotional uh, aspects of the turtles, the characteristics of them and what they mean to each other. And is more interested in exploring that throughout the course of its runtime, which I think is rad. Well said, Eric. <laughs> I agree. Thank you. <laughs> it's hard to follow that, huh? Um, I know. I'm yeah, not following yeah, it. Yeah. I to say, but I'm not following it. I know. I can learn package. I, I, it's, I think it's, that really yeah, does sum it up. So, I think Meg wants to say something. <laughs> oh, no, that's okay. No, please, someone. I want to hear everyone's turtle comments. Say them. Tell oh, me. No, that's okay. Thank wow. you. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, I will say mine then. So, um, basically, to mirror what Eric had said, but in short, I think um, I, as a as a queer woman, I always like find my way to movie. I mean, first of all. When you're queer, you always know you're queer, but like society, you you come to it in different places in your life, right? So I tend to find that films that I am attracted to and and find um, spaces in are always about like, I wouldn't call this a found family um, movie, but I'd I'd call it one that's focused on like finding your places within families that aren't traditionally like a traditional family. So um, I think that that is why this movie has... um, always made me feel warm on the inside and again it didn't focus like specifically on the pop culture section of uh tmnt but also just like the heart like the heart of what it is to grow up find yourself be in a family be accepted be taken care of in a tub that reminds you of your sister by the time you got drunk and needed pizza and she took care of you in a tub so there you go excellent (laughs) hell yeah yeah, I definitely had that same thought because I definitely think this. I think this would qualify as a found family movie. You think bringing in April and Casey Jones and they're all they're all a unit by the end of the movie. So yeah, okay. I definitely I definitely had the thought that this is kind of a a, a found family. Yeah. Thanks. Well said. Well said. Well, that means a lot coming from you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've just this has been not just like a nostalgia movie for me, but it's been like a staple throughout my entire life. It's like one of my go to movies if I either like am not sure what I want to watch or I just need something familiar and pick me up. Like I watched it as a kid. I watched it when it was an awkward age to be so invest still invested in the Ninja Turtles as like a teenage girl. Um, my best friend and I, like in high school, would put it on in the background and eat pizza and stuff pillows up the back of our shirts and just roll around quoting the entirety of the the fight scene in April's house. Um, I watched it so much in high school that my mom actually hid the VHS tape because she was sick of hearing it in the background. Um, and then all the way up through college and even now, it's like at least like once or twice a year, I'll still watch it. So it's it's hard to separate where the nostalgia is and where just enjoying it as a film is, is so much as like just being a cornerstone staple of my personality, I guess. Um, it's, just, it's just a great movie to watch. And yeah, it's got like all those found family themes. It's got... Um, for like a kind of loner kid, uh, April's like a really good role model to look up to. Like she wasn't taking shit from nobody. Um, and people, like some people were giving her shit for her, for it, but like her boss respected her for it. The turtles respected her for it. Casey eventually respected her for it. Um, and then you get like all the different personality archetypes of the turtles themselves to relate to as you need to, depending on what 
kind of mood you're in yourself. Um, yeah, it's just it's just a great go-to when you need something that's not too fluffy, but not too dark. It's just like right there in the middle, like the hits the spot. I would say April O'Neil is the role model we need right now. Her her yes. journalistic integrity mm. speaks to our current time. True. So everyone watch Ninja yes. Turtles. So <laughs> coming off the back of, of the the idea of a found family and and integrity, let's talk about the Anomaly Film Festival. Shall we? <laughs> Anomalyfilmfest.com. Um this November, November 12th through the 15th, uh, Rochester, New York. Come join us. Be a part of our family. Um, we're all people that, you know, to, to, to Anna's point, you know, we were all the kids that kind of sat in the dark and, and watched the, the weird movies or, or the movies that made us feel good in, in our rooms. And, and now we're, we're adults and we're, we're out among society, allegedly. Um, and now we want to sit in the dark and watch movies with you. Um, come be a part of our family, the Anomaly Film Fest family. We are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven strong tonight. I think overall we're 11 strong in our core group, but we're also maybe about, what, 75 to 100 strong when we get all of us in a theater? Come Woo! be a part of our big 100 person family. It's anomalyfilmfest.com. <laughs> Grab your passes. Uh, keep an eye out on the social medias. It's Anomaly Film Fest on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, not a TikTok yet. We're we're trying to twist Aaron's arm to get to get a a, 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 a foothold <laughs> well. into TikTok. I don't understand TikTok. I'm too old for it. Um, but Aaron's got it on lock. But yeah, come join us. Come be a part of our family. You know, we have half pipes, we have cartons of cigarettes, we have uh, arcade games. Um, we are Anomaly Film Fest. Come see us. Come hang out with us. It's uh, it's a genre film fest free-for-all. Um, and we love you. So We do. Anybody else before we go? Uh, what do you guys prefer, original or menthol cigarettes? Just like Sam Rockwell asked the kids if you had to choose. Cut it, cut it, man. Cut it quick. Cut it. Bro, bro, bro. Cut it. Bro, bro, bro. So send us messages at Anomaly Film Fest to let us know what you prefer, menthol or original no. flavor. And we'll see you in a couple weeks, which I think no. is going to be McGruber, more than likely. So we'll see you next time. Sweet. It's the Anomaly Film Fest. It's Anomaly Presents. We love you. Far-fetched. Sheesh. If you want to learn more about Rochester and Buffalo's wide range of diverse cuisines, Nominate Meals might be for you. The fun part is you have no idea what you're going to get until you pick your meal up at one of our fantastic events. 
All you have to do is go to nominatemeals.com and order a meal for two for $40 that features dishes from one small, typically minority-owned restaurant. We run events at Three Heads Brewing, Fatty Beer Company in the neighborhood of Play, and also Nowhere Lounge in Buffalo. We offer drink pairings for sale that pair with each dish for that night, which really adds to the experience. Go to nominatemeals.com to order your meal for an upcoming event and join the nomination.